Man, what a fun 24 hours it's been. Sure, it felt a lot better yesterday, thinking about a win on Saturday versus what happened the two previous weeks, but come on, Parker. Getting to laugh at another school for spending $76.6 million to fire someone and then sit around and think, hmm, which of their players could we potentially get in the transfer portal? Yeah, it's been a lot of fun laughing at Texas A&M at, that, at, at their expense over the past 24 hours. Should I just go ahead and practice just in case? DJ Hicks! Should I just should I just get it ready? Just practice just in case it happens? I, think, I just want to be prepared. I all. think what you're failing to take into account is that the Aggies have a counterpunch. And that is a modified version of the Aggie yell set to DJ Hicks's name. <laughs> they got to do DJ H I C K S. Woo! <laughs> With their cool little spirit fingers over there on the sidelines. Gig him, DJ. Maybe they'll pay him $76.6 million not to leave uh, Texas A&M. But uh, now nah, we'll. Uh, We'll get to DJ Hicks and, and all that and the potential possibilities of that. No one's entered into the transfer portal out of Texas A&M just yet. But, I mean. Uh, we, there's been one. No, there has been one? Yeah, former four-star wide receiver Raymond Cottrell entered the transfer portal uh, yesterday afternoon, shortly after the news broke. And he was a blue chip kid in the class of 2023, so he'll have three years of eligibility. But more, uh, you you got to think uh, transfer portal. Oh yeah, more uh, will be coming. Yeah, as they uh, as they hire a new staff here. Let's talk about the big visit weekend that was, and let's start with the obvious here. Grant Bricks, as I was doing the pregame show at Yo Pablo, I expected the Nebraska football truck just to park right in front there on Campus Corner. And you're didn't telling see, me it didn't? Did not see the Nebraska football truck on Saturday. Okay. Um, I forget which recruit it was. Um, took a picture with Grant Bricks on the sidelines. It was like Boganowski. It was Boganowski. Maybe yeah. uh, was Bricks throwing the, the horns down in yep. that one. Um, how, how did it go for a uh, top 100 player, according to Rivals? It went well. The visit was good. Um, obviously, Oklahoma put on a good show, winning 59-20. to 20 having an electric night game atmosphere with all those lights. I mean, if you think about the things that you were able to showcase to a guy like Grant Bricks on Saturday night, that game really had it all, Tyler. Like, that was your best foot forward. That said, uh, one thing I was told from a source pretty close to Bricks was, man, Danny Kalen and Carter Nelson, OU's quarterback and tight end commit, they got their hooks in deep. And it might be tough. Mom didn't make the trip. You, you mean you mean Nebraska's um, quarterback tight ends? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So Nebraska continues to be the thorn in the Sooner side here. No decision was made this weekend, and so it just it feels like more of the same. Tyler, everybody I talked to on the Oklahoma end, sources within the Switzer Center, they're like, "Oh yeah, man, that visit went great." And it, to be fair, it did. Spoke to Bricks's folks. The visit was great. But we've been down this road before, right? Sure. It's just like, okay, like at this point, make a decision. This point, that's all you're waiting on. It's like, okay, well. Well, I next, now, now you're waiting on if the Kansas State visit's going to happen here in, in a yeah, couple of weeks, and I, right? I don't know 100% about that one. It might happen. It might not. This is more of an OU Nebraska battle right now than it is K-State, but. Again, you've been down this road so many times before where you get the kid on campus or X, Y, Z happens and you feel like you're that close, right? 
and there's no decision. Then he goes home, and he kind of gets away from that visit a little bit, and then it's back to, well, here are the real draws for OU, but here are the real draws for Nebraska. And you were saying earlier, like, you really put your best foot forward for uh, for a visit weekend, and yeah, you, you had a night kickoff, um, which, by the way, the crowd was awesome on Saturday. Um, after two losses like that, and a lot of people were down. We read the text line all last week. The crowd was awesome. Um, they were loud. They were engaged. The light shows always cool. But the offensive line played well, even without a potential first rounder coming up here in a few months. The run game looks good. The offense maybe had its best night of the entire season, given the opponent. Like, yeah, man. Like that was, if nothing else, Parker, Grant Bricks picked the rights visit weekend for a game this year. The Saturday night for West Virginia is which is, is the game that you wanted him to be at because you put your best foot forward offensively, just overall atmosphere. It was it was a good night for him to be there. Yeah, and at this point you can legitimately say, okay, if he ends up choosing Nebraska, gosh, there's really nothing he could have done. Because you put your best foot forward at this point so many times and if he stays home, if he makes the decision for the sake of proximity, he's like, all right, well, I... In the end, that was just always going to win if that was the choice. Let's hope Creed Humphrey had a few words uh, with him before, during, did. or after the game. Which he did. Nice. Creed Humphrey did speak with him. Did he say, don't be a loser, come to OU, don't go to Nebraska? What, you What you never want to go to a bowl game, Grant Bricks? Come on. Gosh, Nebraska might not make a bowl game I don't think either. that they are, man, Wisconsin after losing and Iowa the next back-to-back games to – Michigan State and Maryland at home. Now it looked like a certainty that Nebraska was going to make a bowl game, and now it looks like, yeah, not very many people are putting Nebraska in their bowl projections here, which is two games left. So it it feels like part. Okay, it was a great visit weekend for Grant Bricks. That's awesome. OU put its best foot forward. All this, what we just talked about, but it feels like it's almost exactly where it's been now for several months, isn't it? Like he realizes, okay. I owe you the better spot for me to win at a high level and some other things on the field, but Nebraska is closer to home. And I know that it may be a little bit more complicated than just that when it comes to his recruitment, but that's kind of that's kind of the recruitment in a nutshell a little bit. Nebraska has its edge, uh, and, and that's that. OU has its, its edge in this, and they're not the same. It's challenge versus comfort. That's what it is. Because he knows if he comes to OU – they're going to challenge him to be great. They're going to challenge him every day in the weight room to increase his numbers, to run faster, to jump higher, to throw more weight around. And he knows that every day on the practice field, Bo is going to continually be pushing him to improve who he is and what he is as an offensive lineman. And it might not be the case to that degree at Nebraska – but it is only an hour and a half away from home as opposed to seven hours. Yeah. And I, I mean this I, – I don't mean this in like a coddled sort of way, but the kid's a mama's boy. Like he's, he's the oldest child in his family. He's only ever known his little small town bubble. And so being close to home, yeah, that's got to pull for this kid. It would for anybody that came from his kind of upbringing. He wasn't the only uh, visitor for 2024 this weekend. Um, Cameron Campbell, I'm guessing he ended up making it in the three-star out of Tampa, Florida, corner, six foot, 163 pounds. Uh, this was one that we didn't talk about until Thursday, Friday of last week. Could this be as simple for OU as, 
All right, we got him in on a visit, and this one's going to turn around pretty quick, and we're going to get a commit, our eighth defensive back commit. Can it, can it look like that for OU and Cameron Campbell? It can. I'm going to touch base with Campbell here, hopefully either tonight or tomorrow, to get his um, thoughts on the OV and the experience. But given that that kid was already committed to Michigan State at one point, and that he is a Tampa kid, one thing you can say for certain is, okay, distance is not going to be an inhibitor for this kid. So, again, put your best foot forward with the dude, and that's really all you can do. And the Sooners certainly put their best foot forward with Cameron Campbell. So now it's just a game. It's just a waiting game. The number, the number six punter was also on campus, Sam Dubwig, the number six punter in the country, according to Cole's Kicking Camp. And I saw him take a photo with Zach Schmidt on the field. Huh? Zach Schmidt and Sam Dub- Sam Dubwig were taking photos on the field. So for Sam, he's an Arkansas kid. Um, OU the leader here. Does he want to go join the mess in, in Fayetteville? Uh, is OU actually going to offer him a scholarship? Is it going to be a PWO? It will be a PWO. If yeah. Anything. And Dubwig did tell me that OU is in number one school right now. So there's that. Yeah. And that was going into the visit. A lot of times when you think a school is your number one going into the visit, that normally doesn't change all that much coming out of the visit. So we'll see if OU can add uh, some special teams help before we uh, get to signing day here. Uh, 405 just says Bricks updates. Well, I, th- I feel like we just gave you about an eight-minute uh, Grant Bricks update. Be on time. Yeah. Uh, Be on time. We'll uh, we'll get to that again uh, last segment of this hour. No Eddie Pierre-Louis as a texter from the 918. That was really a question. Was EPL there in Eugene? Was that him yelling at Lincoln Riley? Was that him yelling at Lincoln Riley going in and out of the uh, locker room? That was No, he was not in Eugene. He was not anywhere, mm-hmm. to my knowledge. Just stay, so. stayed at home. Good news for UCF is what it sounds like then. Yeah, which, again, like he's he hasn't visited – any school over the last month, despite having plans to visit multiple, like he's told OU he's going to show up on two separate occasions now, hasn't shown up. He's told UCF he's going to show up on two separate occasions now, hasn't shown up. So again, like th- this is kind of starting to feel like a late game Oregon special. I don't know, man. It's just a weird recruitment. He's not coming to OU at this point. Unless there is some drastic turnaround, the likes, the likes of which I have rarely seen in the recruiting. <laughs> wouldn't, that, wouldn't that be great? Like, hey, Eddie Pierre-Louis makes it in for Black Friday, 11 a.m., OU and TCU. I put that at about a uh, 0% chance of happening, but that would be another uh, incredible late curveball. And uh, we've seen a lot of curveballs in his recruitment, but that's your, uh, that's your last visit weekend here, opportunity. As we uh, go. That, that's why this past Saturday was so important for guys like Grant Bricks to get in. Um, what I, I guess um, y- you had some that were maybe supposed to be coming in and didn't make their way here. Kobe Black, I guess, is one of those. He never made it in, correct? Kobe Black. Kobe Black was yeah, not there. Yeah, did uh, right, yeah. That's what I thought. Hopefully, we can just completely put that one to bed at this point. Four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine is the Knippel Meyer Chevrolet text line. Mongo says if that environment last weekend didn't get Bricks's juices flowing, good riddance. IMO. And also, a lot of people are comparing Grant Bricks to that of Jordy Ball situation. Oh boy. So you're saying he lasts two years at OU Max, even if he well, does commit. If that means two national championships, then I let sh- it be shoot. exactly like Jordy Ball, please. Come A on. national championship MVP? If that's Grand the Bricks. deal. 
Grant Bakes with 40 pancakes in the national championship game? If that's an, if OU Nebraska is final two and he wants to come out to OU the first two years, then transfer to Nebraska after two titles, I'm not saying no to that. <laughs> Go ahead. And, hell, I'll, I'll say it with just one national championship at this point. That, that's the deal. 405-651-3439. Hit up the text line. We'll get to that and more coming up next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on The Ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune, and you, the Ref Army, as well, listening nationwide via the free KREF app. They're listening today in Columbus, Ohio, Lexington, Kentucky, Peachtree City, Georgia, Hattiesburg, Mississippi, Kent, Washington, Salt Lake City, Utah, which we'll see you Friday, downtown Salt Lake, Perryton, Texas, and our small Oklahoma town of the day, Haskell, Oklahoma. Our Ref Army locator is brought to you by Affordable Door Company, where they compromise on the price but not on the quality. Visit them online at affordabledoor.net. That's affordabledoor.net or 405-635-9499. So I'm doing the show Friday, Salt Lake, Poplar Street Pub down in uh, downtown Salt Lake. Going to be awesome. What are your What are your plans on Friday? Where Where are you going to be? Do you have your travel plans nailed down yet? I'll be on the road between Albuquerque and Provo. Uh-oh. So you're doing the show on the road then, huh? I, I guess. It's still very much in limbo as you to what exactly we're going You are driving back from, uh, from Provo? Yes. Whoa. So you're going to have – are you going to be able to make it back in time on Monday? Yeah. Yeah, no, I'll make it back. Okay. Go on, come the whole way on Sunday. So, so you won't leave it all on Saturday night? Like, are you going to no, no, drive no. at least a little bit on Saturday night? No, no, no. I'm leaving Sunday. Is that like a 15-hour drive? 17. Oh, dude. And you're going to do all 17 hours on Sunday? That is the plan. Oh, God bless you, man. Uh, best, best of luck to you. Best of luck. I wish you nothing but the best. It, it's going to be a fun weekend, though. The 10 a.m. local start time, uh, is it a competitive advantage for OU? Maybe, but God, that sucks for it to be a 10 a.m. local time, man. Ah, that's that's gonna be rough. I was hoping for a you know two thirty game, something like that. Uh, at least we'll case. have plenty of time to hit the soda fountains in Provo on the on Saturday night. Yeah, uh, Drew from Flower Mound says, "Look, I'm not one to defend him. I will say, unfortunately for Jimbo, losing your starter and second string quarterback, and sometimes during especially the last two or three seasons, will not help. I think what surprised me during especially the last couple of years is O line has been atrocious." Well, really, I think under Jimbo, under Jimbo, the offense really as a whole hasn't been very good. No, it hasn't. They and got Jimbo, a good defensive line this year, but offensively, ugh. And Jimbo, of course, is an offense guy. Like that's that's his thing. His thing is offense. Every coach has a specialty. Every coach has a discipline that they were raised in. And Jimbo comes from the school of offense. He was an offensive coordinator before he was a head coach. And so the expectation at a place like Texas A&M is when you have an offensive-minded head coach, your offense is going to excel. And it just hasn't for A&M, at least not with any degree of regularity. Mark from Enid says, hate that this popped into my head, but is A&M bold enough to go get Art Bryles with a thinking face emoji? Oh, my gosh. I don't think anyone's bold enough to uh, pursue that. I mean, Was it Houston? I think it was Houston like four or five years ago. It was just rumored or reported that Houston was going to interview him for an offensive coordinator job or some sort of position. And, and even they had to like put out a statement after saying, we are not interviewing Art Bryles. I don't, no one's going to be hiring Art Bryles in, in college football. That's, that's not going to happen. 
Not going to be the case. Uh, Santa John says, so Grant Bricks made a silent commitment, huh? No, Santa John, he did not. There was no decision made this past weekend. And as of right now, I would lean toward the Kansas State vid- uh, visit still happening. 918, Bill, being, Bill Biedenboe not being able to use back-to-back first-round p- picks as a platform to recruit elite offensive linemen continues to be baffling. Well, has he had back to? I mean, he'll. I think he will have back to back offensive linemen after this next draft. But he just had his first first rounder uh, a year ago. And hey, like this isn't over. You don't have to concede and say that Great Bricks is going to Nebraska or anything. Like we've still got time. Maybe this goes all the way to signing day. But don't get down on Bill Biedenboe too quick if that's if that's where you're at. In fact, if OU does get Great Bricks. We'll be talking about this being a really good offensive line class on signing day. Like, that's just kind of – that's where you're at at this point. And OU's still very much in the mix, from what I can tell. <laughs> the Broken Arrow Fat Boy says, Jimbo comes from the school of Jameis Winston. Yeah, I think it's time we ask the question, did Jameis Winston make Jimbo Fisher's career? When has Jimbo been good outside of uh, Jameis Winston? Exactly zero times. He won a national championship with him. He got back to the college football playoff with him the next year, and that's great. Texas A&M won a COVID Orange Bowl that season in 2020, but I I don't even – they didn't even play a full SEC schedule that year, correct? So there's there's a reason why Texas A&M was willing to pay him $76.6 million in buyout money. One, because they're a bunch of morons, but two, they – they correctly identified that this wasn't going anywhere fast. A listener here in Norman says A&M will hire a big splash name and fail as usual. Proving NIL and big-name coaching hires do not outweigh culture. Who's the favorite to get that job? I, I know they probably want Dan Lanning more than anyone, but I don't think Dan Lanning's leaving Oregon I to go to Texas A&M. Dan Lanning. Uh, listen, I, trust me, I know for a fact that if a call has not already been placed to Dan Lanning's folks – representatives, agent, whatever, that that call will be placed very expediently here. But I agree, Dan Lanning does not leave Oregon for Texas A&M. Nope. Now, the question then becomes, if not Dan Lanning, then who? Because, again, you have to think sexy with Texas A&M because they are not going to be content to make the sensible hire. I'll tell you who the sensible hire would be. The sensible hire would be Mike Elko. At Duke, sure. Doing a great job out there. That is not the sexy hire, though. The sexy hire would be someone like Urban Meyer. It would be someone like Lincoln Riley. It would be somebody like Jim Harbaugh. Yep. Or Lane Kiffin. Um, And I don't think that they're going to hire Lane Kiffin, but Lane Kiffin would count. Cliff Kingsbury, maybe people would think that he'd be a, a sexy hire. But I, And I think that this is what you're saying, and if it is, I agree with it. I do not trust Texas A&M with all of its money and resources and everything else they apparently have. I don't trust A&M to make the right hire here. A&M will make the most fun hire. It'll be a splash hire, I'm sure. But will they make the right hire for the longevity of their football program? No, of course not. That's not what A&M's going to do. And I don't trust them to do that. Just like a, like you gave you gave your last coach a fake national championship trophy, a 10-year contract, and you ended up having to fire him with a $76.6 million buyout. You're not going to make the right hire. Ooh, interesting point from KW918. 
Just a coincidence, A&M fired Jimbo after winning by 41 points, but also two weeks after Muleshoe had pneumonia. Mm. I'm telling you, there's a, it could be working behind the scenes. Muleshoe to Texas A&M. Oh, my gosh. Hating Texas A&M has been so much fun recently. But, um, buddy, could you imagine Muleshoe going to Texas A&M and how much the hate level would get kicked up a notch right at the same time that OU's going to the SEC? Are you kidding me? And then, Parker, at some point, we would get Muleshoe coming back to Norman for a football game. Can you imagine that atmosphere if Muleshoe was the head coach oh, at Texas boy. A&M and year two in the SEC, oh, A&M's boy. coming to Norman to play? Oh, my gosh. And I guarantee you, dude, the SEC, I know they already have their schedules out for 2024, but that second year in 25, SEC's not dumb. They, they know what moves the needle. They would make Lincoln Riley and Texas A&M come to Norman uh, in, in year two. Ooh, here's happen. an interesting one. Dabo to A&M? Oh, gosh. Like, it, it, it's it's kind of weird. Like You kind of have to – I don't even know. You have to think about it from the right perspective and from the right frame of mind. But culturally, Dabo and A&M is kind of a perfect fit. Yeah, just kind of the weird, quirky things that they're about, uh-huh. right? Yeah, like, like Dabo well, would show up and a yell later, like, "Hey, hey, hey! I, I love these! I love these chants! They're great, man!" You know, he, he would be dressed up like a like a yell leader, yeah, doing just all like the, the heavy evangelical stuff. influence with a side of weird. That's Dabo Sweeney, and that's Texas A and M. By the way, Aaron and Lubbock is alive. We've been asking for two weeks now. I, I had people on Twitter ask me if Aaron and Lubbock was okay. Aaron says, I'm alive, went into a coma, and woke up to a dead Jayhawk, and Micah saying he's early and rolling. Also, A&M should go get the Bishop Sycamore head coach. Beautiful return. Beautiful text in your return, Aaron. Appreciate that a lot. Glad, glad to hear you're okay, and thanks for the big win on Saturday. People really appreciated that. Dude, it was a, it was a good day on Saturday, was it not? Like, OU played probably its best four quarters, given the opponent of the, of the entire season. Um, you got one of those losses you needed. Oklahoma State got drugged by UCF. We needed a good Saturday, a stress-free Saturday where good things around you happened. Like that was a well-timed. That was a well-timed Saturday, is what that was. Everyone's in a better mood today. Somebody in the five eighty said it would be such an Aggie move to go from a Jimbo to a Dabo. <laughs> it really would be. And guess what? I think Dabo's a great head coach. Dabo Sweeney wouldn't succeed at Texas A and M either. It's a cult. The boosters like to run things like at Texas A&M. I, I, I'm, I'm continuously being sold nationally that A&M, this great job, all these resources, all this money. I don't give a damn about that. You're not going to win at Texas A&M consistently, man. No, it's not you're not happen. because A&M thinks they're better and more important than they are in the grand scheme of college football. You know, the only people like, that tell us how great of a job A&M is is people from Texas A&M tell well, us how great of a job yeah, it is. Yeah, and their athletic director came out yesterday and he was like, we should be contending for national titles. I'm like, in what? Should you? In like, histor- historically, what have you done as a football program that would suggest that? Oh, they won a national championship the same year that Hitler invaded Poland back in 1939. Yeah, how about contending? Great tradition. How about contending for SEC titles before we start talking about national titles? SEC West titles. SEC how about that? West titles. And they play the SEC yeah. championship game, and they've been in the conference for over a decade. Hey, by the way, real quick, something uh, OU recruiting related. Um, one of the guys at Rivals, he's seen a lot of defensive linemen in 2024. 
and he kind of made a list of the 10 best defensive linemen that he's seen so far this year. And, of course, David Stone's one of the 10. Not not a shocker there. But Jaden Jackson, man, and we've talked about him, and we've talked about him a lot, but I I really think that he could be maybe the -the under-the-radar player from this class. Because the more people go see IMG and see Jaden Jackson in person, it's, well, yeah, David Stone looks like a five-star. He's really good. But, man, Jaden Jackson's got a lot of game, too. This kid can really, really play. And one of your colleagues there at Rivals has seen a lot of defensive linemen and thinks that, yeah, Jaden Jackson's one of the best 10 defensive linemen that we've seen. So when you evaluate this defensive line class this year, don't just talk about David Stone. Don't just talk about Nigel Smith. Don't just talk about Danny Okoye. Throw Jaden Jackson's in that, in that name, uh, in that mix as well. Because he's, he's a special talent, man. He, he really is. And I'll go on to read exactly what he said watching those two up close, but... It just sounds like everyone that sees Jaden Jackson's like, yeah, OU's got a real, a really nice player here. Yeah, that's a big dog right there. And one that Jerry Schmidt and Brent Venables and Todd Bates are going to have a lot of fun molding into a next-level football player in the SEC. Here's a short blurb on that real quick. Uh, Jackson is a very strong interior D lineman, and he creates so many problems for O linemen. The OU commit is able to take on double teams and beat them at the offensive lineman. Give him any wiggle room. Jackson is great against the run and a strong tackler. In passing situations, Jackson can collapse the pocket and force quarterbacks into poor decisions. And really, isn't that what you want from an interior defensive lineman? All of those things. Great against the run, can really tackle and collapse yes, offensive linemen in, in passing situations. If you're an OU fan and listening to that, you're going, yes, give me some of that. Because we haven't had enough of those dudes in recent years. 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Ton of text to get to, ton of OU recruiting to get to. Finally, someone is saying, yeah, maybe Andy Bass needs more than three stars. Maybe that should happen. We'll get to that more next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on The Ref. We are the home of Sooner fans. By the way, remember when uh, Colorado played at UCLA a few weeks ago and some stuff was stolen out of the locker room? Yes, I do recall that. Uh, Apparently, it's being reported that they found the uh, the thieves and there were they they were uh, players on official visits to UCLA. Actually, I don't know if it was official visit, but they were on a visit to UCLA. Interesting. Yeah, got in the uh, Colorado locker room, stole some stuff. Yikes! Yikes! Um, better news is Alex or OU did get Alex Shield Knight on Friday. That was good news out there at Wagner. And I love the comment uh, to you. <laughs> hey, you coming to the OU game tomorrow? No, I'm going duck hunting. <laughs> it's an Okie right there, folks. <laughs> He's going duck hunting the next day. Couldn't make it to Norman. Uh, big takeaways from the Alex Shield Knight announcement slash game on Friday. What'd you think? He's a really good football player. And not only is he a really good football player, he's also, and you can kind of tell if you watch the video interview, he's just an outstanding dude, man, and a guy who's all about the right things uh, is not going to get sidetracked by attention or, or, or his own attention-seeking endeavors, that is. No, he's just a football guy, and that's what he's about. He's about ball, and he like he likes eating chicken and rice and likes hunting ducks, so... It's exactly the type of guy that is a hand-in-glove fit for what Oklahoma is trying to build. And somebody, gosh, first off, don't be this person. 
But I tweeted about Alex Shield Knight's commitments on Friday night, and somebody got in the comments and went, I'm so tired of three stars. Oh, jeez. First off, don't be that moron. <sighs> Secondly, just because he's a three-star right now as yeah, a high school junior so does dumb. not mean he'll be a three-star at this time next year as a high school senior. That's just so that's so stupid, man. I, that drives me insane. Especially when it's a 2025 kid, like you said, he's a junior. Yeah, Kevin Sperry was a three-star once, too. A lot of these guys were once three stars. So was PJ. PJ was a three-star uh-huh. one. PJ was a three-star senior year. Was he not? Well, no. He, by the time he was second semester of his junior year, he was a Well, I mean, maybe in the same calendar years, that's like, whatever. I mean, just, it's just dumb. Uh, 918, I saw Nate Roberts in a long conversations with uh, Brent Vittables before the game. Then he posed with other recruits for a photo. What's his status? I fully expect Nate Roberts in Oklahoma's class. I shouldn't say fully. I expect Nate Roberts in Oklahoma's class, and I have a very strong inclination that he does end up committing to OU. He's got a bunch of big-time programs after him. You watch the kids' tape. You understand what caliber football player he is. That's understandable. Uh, He's right down the road from OU out in Washington, so the fit makes sense. The proximity is an added benefit. And he did say, he was on the pregame show with us Saturday, he did say he wants to take a few more visits before he finalized his decision. But I certainly think, especially with the strong in-state nucleus that Oklahoma has built in the 2025 class, it's ultimately going to be real hard for Nate Roberts to say no to Yeah, who else? Ohio State, he likes. uh, Penn State, he was there around a month ago or so. Ohio State, Penn State, your two biggest... Your two biggest, uh, you know, I, don't know. I would say Ohio State, Penn State, and Oregon. Those would be the three that I'd watch. Of course, Oregon just always uh, making its way in recruiting battles with OU here recently. Dan Lanning and that staff can really recruit, man. you, you got to give him that. And he's got a heck of a football team this year as well. Uh, 405-651-3439. This says, hot take. Andy Bass will be what we thought Gavin Freeman would be. Andy Bass is having another fantastic season. No surprise with that. And Rivals had, what, what was the headline? It was essentially three players who we think should be ranked higher, should be due for a rankings increase. Yeah, and of and course that comes from there. Cole Patterson, Rivals uh, Mid-South guy. And of course you click on that article, you're probably thinking, hmm, Zion Kearney? Ivan Carrion? Not a, not a PWO Taylor anywhere. Tatum, Michael Hawkins. Nope, Andy freaking Bass. I, I wonder if, because he is getting, going to get a rate, rankings increase, is uh, what yeah, it sounds like. Would he be, and I think there's a good chance this would be the case, would he be the highest-ranked PWO in the 2024 class? Not for OU, I'm talking about in all of college football. There's probably a pretty decent chance that that could be the case, man. It will be between him and Navarro Shunky, who is a four-star offensive lineman from South Dakota committed to Kansas State as a PWL. But that's what we're talking about here is maybe the nation's highest rank. And he's getting his school paid for. We've, you know, we kind of rolled out that scenario many a times. But Andy Bass, man, just continues to impress. And, and I appreciate that he puts his stats up essentially every single uh, weekend after the game. Which is great, because nobody has to wonder, how did Andy Bass do this weekend? It's right there in front of you, with tape. Uh, Let's just uh, roll through a lot of text here. EJ from Louisiana says, will A&M go after Brian Hartline from Ohio State? I don't think so. Hartline is an Ohio State alumnus, is he not? Yeah, he played, uh, he's a wide receiver there, correct? Yes, that's that's what I thought. I just wanted to double check. But 
Yeah, and it, Hartline, I think many regard as the next head coach at Ohio State if and when Ryan Day moves on or is dismissed. And obviously, maybe, maybe that's not anytime soon, but Hartline's got a real cushy gig as it is and is getting paid a lot of money. So I, I don't think he's leaving Ohio State anytime soon. Aaron from Lubbock says, I appreciate all the concern from you all between medical school, crying after losses, and a pregnant wife. Life has been hectic. Good to be back. Bring on UCF, but not the one that played Xerox University, a.k.a. Oakey Lights. Aaron, just go beat Texas in a couple of weeks, all right? Please, just, just, just go beat Texas. The KU win was nice. Let's just turn all of our attention to that Black Friday game against Texas and Austin. And hopefully the uh, Big 12 refs will be on Texas Tech's side as well. Let's hope that's the case. KW the 918, are we not going to consider the Aggieland meltdown makes it more likely they drop a bag for Todd Bates than OU getting any of those defensive linemen? They chose A&M because they got paid, not because of Jimbo. A&M is dumb, but but they're dumb with deep pockets. I mean, I think it totally depends on the head coach they hire if we're talking about Todd Bates uh, taking a Texas A&M position. That's totally dependent on the situation. And K-Dub, and a lot of other Texters have said this as well, did a lot of these commits choose A&M because of Jimbo? Well, no, probably not. But I don't think it's going to be just Jimbo that gets let go from Texas A&M. Like, there's probably a pretty good chance that that entire staff gets let go from A&M. So was the number one reason for a lot of those kids' money? Yeah, sure, probably. But probably a lot more of those actual position coaches than it was the head coach. And those position coaches are more than likely going to be gone from A&M as well. So there's just a lot of factors here as to why. And there were rumors three, four weeks ago before the Jimbo Fisher news that A&M was going to have a lot of players in the transfer portal, that it was uh-huh. heading south. Yeah, I mean. This, just, so this, is, this was seemingly going to happen anyway. Like More so now, now that the staff's going to be gone, but there was going to be movement at Texas A&M regardless. There were always going to be a lot of guys in the transfer portal from that program when season because it's it, it's become almost an annual tradition down there, right? You see A and M with eight to ten guys, eight to ten notable guys in the portal seemingly every off season because again, when you recruit guys for the money and then they realize, oh wait, there's more to my college football experience than money, then they're not as eager to stick around. And it'll be much the same, especially now that the coaching staff is gone. Drew from Flyer Mountain wants to know, is OU on the top of the list for number for 2025 Edge Max Granville out of Sugarland, Texas? Yes, they are. OU is a very, very strong contender for Max Granville. And if you has, if you if you have not watched Max Granville's tape, treat yourself. Treat yourself. It's not often that I pound the table for you to watch guys' tape. Go watch Max Granville because you're going to have a ton of fun. Is it like They're, Lincoln Cures film? We turn on, you're like, oh, this is enjoyable. Okay, yes, yes. this guy's it's, really it's a good. legit fun watch. I mean, sometimes you flip it on, you're like, okay, well, kids dominating. That's just that. That's kind of what you'd expect a kid of this caliber to do. But now Max Granville plays with a certain a certain flair to his game. That just makes that tape a really, really fun watch. By the way, here is Andy Bass's regular season highlights. Uh, he threw for 2,314 yards, 29 touchdowns to just three interceptions. He had 827 rushing yards with 18 touchdowns. And oh, by the way, 
11.6 yards per carry, and then he had one catch for 71 yards and a touchdown. So how many total touchdowns is that for Andy Bass? I'm trying to do some quick math here. Is it 43? Uh, uh, four, well, no, it would be 29 plus oh. 18, or 29 plus 19. Oh, 29 plus 19. Is that 48? 48. 48 total touchdowns for Andy Bass. His team's still in the playoffs. So he'll probably have north of uh, 50 touchdowns. He must have rushed for like – because last I checked, I checked in uh, with his folks before his game this past week, and it was 29 passing, 14 rushing, and then one receiving. So I guess it was 44. But I guess he must have rushed for five touchdowns. Well, would that be shocking? Like, no, it would not be shocking. <laughs> It'd be like, well, yeah, it was just another it day not for be Andy sho- Bass. Again, like, if, if you throw out the fact that Andy Bass is a five foot eleven white kid – you watch that kid's tape, and you're like, yep, four-star, blue-chip dude. So the jobs that are open right now in college football, and this really all happened this weekend, outside Michigan State, Michigan State's still open, right? So you've got A&M that's open, Mississippi State that's open, San Diego State's open, Boise State is open, and Arkansas, I got a question mark by Arkansas, because there were some reports yesterday that Sam Pittman was going to be fired, but that hasn't been made official yet as of today. So maybe Arkansas plans to fire Sam Pittman, but there were reports out yesterday that was going to happen. Yeah, that'll be interesting because I know Arkansas fans really, really like or at least liked Sam Pittman. He was kind of – he was a good fit for that job, is a good fit for that job, I should say. Obviously, they haven't had a ton of success on the field this year. But, again, that's a program that if you decide to make a change, it's the type of program and the type of university that – you really got to have culture fit in mind when you go out looking for a new head coach. You got to find somebody that fits Arkansas. Can't just be, you know, pick a sexy name on the carousel. Got to find a guy that makes sense for Arkansas. 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. More OU football and, yeah, more OU crew as well right here on The Ref. Final segment of Locked In with McComas and Thune. Sours brought to you by Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in El Reno, where they are family-owned and operated, established in 2020. But many of their employees have been there for more than 20 years. They have all that and great pricing as well. Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in El Reno. From the text line in the 918, tuning in late, what is the latest on Grant Bricks? Well, here's kind of it. Grant Bricks was in for a visit this weekend. The visit went well, as they most often do, and now we wait. Now we wait. <laughs> Once again, Shocker, we right? wait with Grant Bricks. So stand by. Stand by for information on uh, Grant Bricks. <sighs> what a time. At this point, it, like, it legitimately makes me wonder whether this goes all the way to signing day. And here's the thing. I think it could. And here's the thing. He doesn't enroll till June. So... He doesn't have to sign in December. Oh, my gosh. We're talking about this in late January. Are you kidding me? Don't even get me started. And some people are, well, I think this is all about he just likes the attention. Like, yeah, he just loves. I don't think that's necessarily. Like, I wish he would make a decision as well. But is he just a a diva? I don't necessarily think that's what's going on here. That kid has literally never posted anything on social media other than his offers. If you go to his Twitter page, he hasn't tweeted since he got his most recent offer from Alabama in June. Boy, text line's fed up. E. Freaky from Illinois says, pull the offer, waste of resources. Why? How is it a waste of resources? Here's the deal. 
this is not the norm. It is not the norm to have an entire class pretty much finalized by November, like Oklahoma has. More often than not, like I, I've done this for enough years to go, you typically have multiple recruitments that go all the way down to the wire. Savion Bird didn't pick between Oklahoma and SMU until signing day, folks. So this is not the first time we've seen this play out. Grant Bricks is not the first kid that has seemingly waited forever to make his decision. And he's got good reasons to have waited as long as he has. He faces a tough decision. He's not doing this for the sake of attention or playing up the drama. No. He's just got a really hard decision on his hands, and he's got a family that's somewhat split on his two options. Suter Bump says the people that say Bricks wants attention don't know farm boys from Iowa. He's definitely a farm boy from Iowa. Getting a lot of Luke Has text since uh, there was a report yesterday that Sam Pittman's going to be fired. He's having a great year at Arkansas, but that kid, like his family... Went to school. That's gonna yeah. be that's gonna be tough. Yeah, it will be tough. It's almost like uh, regardless of who the coach is, hell, they could bring Houston Nutt back to Fayetteville, and Luke has to probably stay there. I say that, then he hops in the portal and goes elsewhere. But he's that that family loves Arkansas. It'd be hard to see him leave and go anywhere else, especially when he's gonna be a huge focal point of their offense moving forward. Man, now that said, I do know Oklahoma's gonna look for a tight end via the portal, and potentially two tight ends via the portal. So. Be on the lookout for that. Yeah. Tony G says, on another note, why is Missouri still winning? I don't know, Tony G, but it is so annoying. And they hammered Tennessee on Saturday, man. They absolutely hammered Tennessee in Columbia. And they played Georgia relatively close, I guess. They didn't get blown out like I thought that they would. But is Eli Drinkwitz coach of the year? In the SEC or in the country? Both. I don't think in the country. Maybe in the SEC. Maybe they give it to Saban if he wins the the, con- or the SEC championship. I don't know. I don't want to think about that, man. I really don't. The Rush is coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref.